And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Uh, this is actually part two. Uh, we just had some technical difficulties uh, with the episode What Are DMT Entities with our buddy Jack from the Trip Whip channel. What's going on, Jack? Not much. Good to be back after doing a little teaser. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing 15 episodes in a day. So. <laughs> this is actually our third episode in one day. I'm not, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, but uh, no, that, whatever stuff happens, you know, I knew at some point we actually had never had that happen. So I knew at some point it was going to happen, but I'm, I'll keep the first part of the video up. I'll just cut the very end off when you were getting cut off. But uh, what uh, so we were talking about where we left off at the last episode was we were talking about the these things, these entities possibly being a barrier in between our reality or maybe even just they're there and we just can't perceive them, you know, yeah. right now. I think that's possible because um, what's going on in the mind sometimes, I think it manifests itself into our experience. So um, if, you know, if you're feeling down all of a sudden, like you're uh, feeling depressed or something like that, your outside world is against you. And people are saying things that trigger you. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it's just a whole different reality to the one you exist in when you're on a, uh, on a better mindset. Um, I think that can be applied to when you're tripping, when you're, um, I, I think if you're not quite, um, I don't know, if the, if the DMT hasn't kicked in as hard as it's going to kick in, if you're like kind of peaking and it's getting higher and higher, the entities that you encounter or your experience seems to manifest in a way that it's kind of drawing you in. Um, and I think if you meet the entities, if you're still encountering entities, um, then you're probably not as far as you can go. Like that's the, the one step further than that is the near death experience. So I think the, um, and I, that does make sense as well. Cause I think entities, the experience of entities is highly tied into um, our ego. Um, as I said, and, and to you guys um, in part one, um, the experience of an entity is possibly like, like when you look at a cloud, you see faces in it. And when you see a tree, sometimes you can see faces. Um, it's called pareidolia. It's a, um, what well, I believe it's a side effect of a filter we have in our head that has yeah. been programmed through our evolution to recognize faces and um and create individuals out of all of the energy that's around us for practical reasons, probably. But obviously that system of um, interpreting our reality and our environment has played into identifying what ourselves are as well. We recognize ourselves as one of those things that we see as an individual, as a being. So when you're in these um, deep um, um, psychedelic realms, I guess, and your ego is still intact, um, then your um, filter for interpreting entities is still also intact a little bit as well, but it's being affected. Um, and that's why you're seeing strange entities, possibly. Like this is just, you know, at the same time, I do also think what you're seeing is kind of real as well, just as real as what you see when I see another person. That's a real experience. That's a real person. Um, but it still is probably an experience being filtered through um, this this thing that creates pareidolia so yeah i think the entities if you're still experiencing them that would make sense that your ego is still intact and it is this barrier from the next thing that's to come 
that yeah yeah i think it's a good theory actually <laughs> and just for our listeners who don't who don't know what pareidolia is it's like um it's how our mind connects the dots in certain ways like uh, if you look up at a cloud um it you know, it's not a bunny, but it might look like a bunny because the way that your mind is is observing this thing. So, you know, there's people that look at like ancient hieroglyphs and there's certain things that look like certain things that aren't necessarily that, you know. So like it's it's one of those things where it's your mind kind of playing a trick on you. But what you're saying is this could be our mind playing a trick at a much higher level than just sure. looking at a cloud. It's looking at everything. Yeah. I think that 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 trick um is the human experience essentially. And I, I don't want to go as far to say that everything's an illusion or whatever. Cause um, um, I think, you know, if you kind of take that stance, where does that stop? Like you can then right. say that your own feelings of emotions and stuff are, um, are illusions and you can get into a real nihilistic place. And I don't think nihilism is any, in any degree, a, a um, taste of truth. Um, but it is, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's a confronting thing to try and interpret these um these experiences and and i think i start talking like this when i'm trying to communicate them to people who have never um experienced deep psychedelic states um because you know otherwise if i was just talking to another person who's who's been there i'm saying yep this entity i encountered he was like this he told me this he was um a benevolent being you know all these sort of things i'm not getting down to the logistics of whether or not he's he's real because i don't get down to the logistics of whether or not another person i meet is real um but you know we get caught on this because i am constantly talking to people who have who have not um, had psychedelic entity encounters yeah i mean it's it's like i said it's one of those fascinating topics you know i would consider it probably one of the you know greater mysteries of life currently at yeah. this you know along with near-death experiences and well yeah you know, it's all connected you know dreams and all that stuff yeah i mean it's it's one of those things that yeah we have an idea um physically what's going on but i don't think most of the things that we're talking about are byproducts of something that is physical otherwise we would have probably found it by now you know even some of the greatest minds you know over time I'm not, you know, maybe in maybe that isn't the case. Maybe it is a byproduct of something physical. But if that was, if that is the case, then I think we are, we will know sooner than later, if that makes sense, because we yeah. are investigating, you know, all the psychedelic research. You know, if there's some sort of um, hole or something, you know, like we can find out, oh, this is actually your brain doing this, and this is why. I think yeah. we'll know sooner than later now that the psychedelic, you know revolution yeah. if you will is happening but all the nuggets yeah. of truth will come squirting out you know yeah, yeah. you sick bastard <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah so when you when you encounter the do you have like did you ever have an experience where you encountered the same entity twice or the same energy or something along those lines yeah the the machine elves are the only ones um I so I I think I'd seen them once when I'd taken um, LSD with a couple of my friends, and this is like back when I was just kind of in that recreational stage where didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my life. Take some LSD, just kind of um, chill out, have some fun, and this acid was just way stronger than any other acid I'd had before. And all of a sudden, you know, my friends are trying to shut me up because I'm talking about these like beings who are controlling us, our human bodies as puppets, and all sorts of like random crazy shit. And, um, and then after that night, I just kind of forgot about the experience entirely. And I was like, okay, um, 
don't know what that was about. That was some um, pretty intense acid. And um, I think uh, probably a year went by until I kind of, I think I mixed LSD and shrooms. And um, then I was having the very first time I did it, I was getting in contact with these, the same experience. It wasn't an entity encounter at this point. It was just like, I'm seeing this thing and I don't know what it is, but there's some, it's like, have you guys seen the adjustment brew? No, I haven't. Uh, no, I don't think I have. What's, what it's, is that? Um, it's like this movie where basically um, there are these guys who I can't really remember, but um, w there's like this big story that's going on and they, these guys just pause the story and they go through and they like change some things. Like they'll move a person's arm. Mm, and okay. They'll look out of the scene and they'll click play. I kept getting like glimpses at like this, this place. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. Um, and then finally I did like three tabs of acid and, um, that's, you know, I started, right. It was a very intense one. I started running through the streets naked and <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah, the corridor. Was, was, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy because all of a sudden I just started, I was in this place that I'd seen little glimpses of before. And I was like, I, I was running to all my neighbors and I wasn't talking to my neighbors anymore. I was talking to this this thing that was like behind the mask of my neighbor and they were all coming like all my neighbors in, in uh real life were coming up to like calm me down they're like jack like like are you okay man and i thought they were all coming up to congratulate me like uh, congratulations you're, you're seeing us now for the first time welcome yeah <laughs> like i was on a whole different place and um and then yeah what happened is that night actually i was listening to voices in my head basically that was saying um explaining what was going on and they said to me that once you go back inside you're going to have a powerful near-death experience um or they just said you're going to go inside and you're going to have an ego death and turn into white light and um they're very specific on that very specific and i was like okay this sounds kind of scary and they're like it's okay relax you'll be fine but it's going to be very intense it'll be the most intense thing you've ever gone through before and um i kind of I was just a bit too scared and I didn't go back inside. And so what happened is a neighbor called an ambulance. They picked me up and I went to hospital and that was the end. I never turned into white light or anything that night. But then two weeks later, I took DMT inside my room. And then I had, I saw the voices that had been talking to me. I saw them embodied in a form, the machine elves. And um, then they took me to the white light, had that white light experience. And funnily enough, as the white light experience was finishing, um, I actually remember like coming to into my body and I thought I was running through the streets naked again. Like I was looking around and I was naked and I was like, Oh fuck. Like somehow during this DMT trip, I've stripped down and, and done the same thing again. Um, but then I realized that I was still, I was actually in a memory of the, um, of the LSD trip. And as soon as I realized that the whole environment uh, crumbled and shifted and, and all of a sudden I was in another memory and it just kind of, kind of kept, jumping memories until i was back in into the sober reality um and you know it was fucked like each memory was just as real as the next and just as real as right now so that definitely challenged my notions of what right now is but um yeah it was pretty cool there was like some weird interface between time happening during the lsd and the dmt experience like it took me to a place that does not exist in linear time it was like this outside area. Like if, if you imagine the time difference, the time reality difference between an audience and the movie they're watching, like the movie has a linear time, 
but the mm-hmm. audience can click pause, they can click rewind. Yep. And um, yeah, it was like I was entering the audience's reality and then back into the movie reality, which is right now. Um, Time's a funny shit. thing for sure. Time yeah. is, time, I mean, because look, I mean, have you ever had an experience? Um, I'm think, trying to think there's been a couple of times. One time I was driving, it was icy and cold and i was going like 80 on the highway and there was a deer slowly walking out onto the highway and i you're supposed to hit him supposedly drive yeah, right yeah. through him i made the quick decision to make a little ooh, ooh and went right around it and yeah. it worked out but time like slowed down to the point where i had the the vision and in, in the the acumen to, to pull off that maneuver when you know when normally when i think about it i'm like how would how would i have done that you know like so yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't know. I think time, you know, we know too that gravity changes time. So like they do this experiment called the atomic clock where they'll drop two clocks at two different altitudes. Um, and, you know, when the one falls, basically the more gravity, the slower time is. So we're actually, wow. our gravity's pretty, pretty heavy on this planet. I don't know how com- compared to other planets, but I know um you're lighter on the moon and stuff too so time probably moves a little bit quicker on the moon yeah i know very little about time i know that like with a study like that um you can see that there is this real thing there's this real like time reality or something right and that can be affected by gravity and then there's um time dilation is a, is a thing where you know you can that's take, what i was describing yeah the... yeah yeah where you can just take like a little bit of DMT or something, and all of a sudden, five minutes becomes two hours. <laughs> like, yeah. right. you know, a lot of psychedelics do that. You take mushrooms, you know, it's your whole night seems like a week. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. So any uh, of those psychedelic those... stuff. What's that? Seems to take a... it says any of that psychedelic seems to take away that filter. That's. I mean, you could you could, you could even smoke pot. Like if you if you haven't been smoking in a while, or it was the first time in a while, you know, something like that. I mean, you can get that effect too. I remember one of yeah. the first times I smoked, I was like the whole night felt like a week. Seriously. Like it felt like this, mm-hmm. like a movie. Like when you watch a movie of some high school kids experience, that's what my first time felt like. And we that's were, cool. I remember we were at, we went to Chuck's house, I think. Well, I had smoked before, um, but this is the first time I remember like actually the experience of it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah i mean it's it's weird to think about for sure you know because time you keep you know there's this constant but really i mean you know it's not even perfect even the way our calendar and our actual minutes and hours work we have to that's why we've got weird stuff like leap year and um, daylight savings and all these different things this is to like accommodate the idea of time basically so true true um but uh so so back to the the gist of things here now i want to know do you you're based on your personal experience do you believe one way more than the other like do you believe that these entities are more likely not or more likely than not a, a physical manifestation of something happening in your brain or do you think more likely than not that there is some sort of energy or field out there that we just can't perceive i think i think it's possible that those are one and the same um i think that what everything out there is um 
is happening in here. Um, I guess that makes me a solipsist because, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, the belief that you can't experience anything that's beyond yourself. Right. Um, but I guess if I, if I said, do I believe that these entities are real? I would have to say, yes, I think they are as real as um, any encounter I've had with a human being. Um, I, when I'm there, I really do. And it sounds crazy, but I do get the sense that they are realer. Um, and it's, it feels crazy to say that. And it feels almost scary to say that, but um, yeah. When people say they know them too, does it, is it a know them like how you were saying it could be your subconscious? Like, is it a know them like, Oh, I know what that is or, Oh, that, that might be something I have within me too or something, or is it a feeling like that's a separate thing? Um, oh, so but they, when, we, you, we, when you say no, do you mean like when they encounter? Okay. Them, so, so, so yeah. So like, does it seem like they are part of like you, like your subconscious, like you're saying, or does it feel like they are something completely different that you're interacting yeah. with? If that makes sense. Honestly, man, it's freaky. It's, um, from my experience, it's like you become one of them. And it's like, um, like the guy who's talking to you right now, um, I remember I thought of this story idea, whereas like these guys are driving uh, or like these guys, uh, let's say these aliens make these biomechanical um, body suits to adjust to a new planet. And it's like these are super advanced um, bio suits that they even like, like they're little mini, mini aliens driving these bio suits around. And they even use the bio suits to talk and communicate to one another. But without them realizing these biosuits get so advanced that the biosuits begin to communicate to each other as well, like just the biosuits alone. So when the aliens are talking to one another through the biosuits, like the, um, the biosuit communicating has also created its own level, its own ego. And that's what it feels like is happening is that we are these biosuits. We are these um, egos that are actually just containing some deeper intelligence and when you take this dmt you get transferred from your ego to the deeper intelligence and that deeper intelligence recognizes all of these machine elves or these other entities it's like hey um you know my biocomputer is going through this thing right now how do i resolve it has this chat and then all of a sudden i become my ego again it's like you just feel your mask which is me getting pulled off and and that's the experience and it's so hard to bring anything back because you just can't remember what's going on when you have been pulled off. Yeah. That's like the ancients uh, would say the lifting of the veil, you know, basically you're being initiated into truth or something on the verge of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, like, I don't want to go and say that it is like, um, because I don't know, it does feel this way, but I don't want to go ahead. Like a lot of people will say, um, oh, you want to know what's really going on in the universe? Smoke DMT. Yeah, and, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah. It's like no, like this. Like you, ha- we have no idea. But it definitely feels like you know something else when you smoke that DMT. Yeah. <laughs> well, or you yeah. Take a high dose of acid or something. So, and you, we've talked about this too before. Didn't you also say sometime? You know, one of your experiences that you had a feeling or you saw something about like a brain in a vat or three brains in the vat or something along those lines. Yeah. That was actually on weed. Um, that was on weed. Yeah. Um, stuff, man. Yeah. Not over there. It must, it must've been that legal weed that, that's, that really gets you. That down under. Uh, 
I wish we had that stuff. No, um, no, you don't. Just... You don't wish you had that stuff. <laughs> oh man, this it was a hectic. I hadn't smoked weed for a long time, and I was like, um, "Fuck, let's you know, let's let's." I was actually, I think, um, did I? No, I didn't film it. Um, I just felt like doing a meditation on weed, and um, yeah, it ended up um, going very very deep, and um, it just felt like it was filling in these gaps that I had about the whole um, machine elf um, theory stuff. And then eventually took me to this place where it's like, okay, um, you're like this body in, yeah, like a scene from the matrix basically. It was like, you're plugged into something and then um, that mind is being shot through. Uh, your consciousness is transferred into this ultralight beam and that ultralight beam is being connected to all sorts of different parallel universes. Um, that's what I was explaining. So it was like at the root of it, you know, when you, uh, when I had my near death or like if someone has a near death experience or when I had the white light DMT experience, you know, you get taken back to this white light and then the weed was kind of showing that this white light might be like this stream of consciousness um, that is part of the matrix interface, which is just connecting another person's consciousness, the thing that's interfacing with the matrix system to different parallel universes. That's what it was showing. And then I think there were three guys in that scene. It was like um, two guys watching the guy plugged in or three guys watching the guy plugged in, something like that. Um, but yeah, they... Sounds it was like a weird vague. porno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be. No, it actually be. sounds like a David Lynch movie or something. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, um, sure. but uh, yeah. I mean, I've had some weird, weird experiences meditating as well, for sure. I mean, even more psychedelic than psychedelics, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but maybe not DMT. Obviously, I've never done it, so I can't compare it. But all the other ones, you know, I would definitely say you meditate. You can get to a, a good place meditating that would be similar or along yep. the same lines. Well, don't you I think you might? You might be tapping into DMT, don't you create it? Actually? Okay, so that was the other, yeah. Maurice sent me this video a while back. It was an Asian guy on London Reel. Um, he was like a a monk or trained under somebody I forget. But his master, if you said if you sit, um, in a dark room for seven days or something like that, straight, like no light, you can start to produce DMT naturally and, um that's what he was talking. I mean, you should find this video on YouTube. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty interesting. This guy's real charismatic too. Yeah. Don't pull it up though. Cause we'll get, no, 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 we'll, I know. we'll get booted. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, this guy's talking about how, I mean, that's interesting too. The dark, I mean, mm. it might, it might, I don't know. I think I know people, I know yeah. people, people that have gotten locked in cars for days at a time start to hallucinate too. I know Maurice's, Really? talked about that too yeah if you lock yourself in a car for a few days you'll be tripping your ass off yeah. i might have to do a little experiment for trip with if uh, you're going to do an experiment though do the seven day one and then we'll report back and see what's going on with that that sounds pretty cool i, I might even try it, to be honest i found I it <laughs> if you do if you and if you live stream that for seven days you would be you would you would probably be the most popular person on i'll YouTube, bring my I whole think. camera crew down over there we film up man <laughs> but then it'd be i mean i couldn't have any light on my computer while i live streamed like that's true it's black yeah yeah it's yeah. gotta be pitch black yeah 
just pitch black screen for seven days. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, uh, that, they could do it. I mean, they could do if somebody would subject themselves to that, they could probably do some real experiments on that kind of stuff. But I tell you what, man, I, I, I wouldn't mind trying it. It'd be, um, it'd be pretty interesting if I had my food and all that ready and if I could last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know what would happen. It'd be um, very interesting. Well, you can last just like being blind for seven days. Well, yeah, true, true. Here's here's the other thing too. Have, have you ever like sometimes I'll go to I'll lay down and I'll try and go to bed. Sometimes I you know sometimes I have bad insomnia and I can't go to bed. Um, so I, sometimes I'll just lay there in the dark. And once you've been laying like in the the complete, you know, dark for a couple hours, just you know, you start to like. Yeah, I could see that happening after seven days where I don't see things, but I could see where it would lead to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, definitely. Like, especially if I wasn't moving around, like when you're lying down in bed and you don't move. Yeah. Uh, that shit's surreal. Um, so if I was like laying in the darkness for seven days and just every now and then kind of like moving around, that'd be pretty freaky, I reckon. Uh, that'd be pretty freaky. But, well, this this video I found what I was talking about. It says actually you got to do it for three weeks. So oh my three god, weeks. That, oh that my up, god, that upped it. Damn, I don't know if I could do three weeks. I'll, <laughs> that, I'll send you the I'll send you the link though. You can check it out and see. That's yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. is crazy. Oh, three weeks. Oh my gosh. Hey, man, I mean, Ray, I, Ray Charles, man, that's all you got. But I guess these monks. Yeah. I mean, they they do crazy stuff like that. They go on like um, you know, they'll fast for a couple weeks you know weird stuff like that or um but three weeks in complete that's dark. more dangerous than just yeah. being in darkness i would think. yeah but is yeah. it i mean psychologically yeah. i would want to know what the what the effects could be if that was the case you know mm-hmm. yeah i'd, I'd want to know because um like i'm at the moment trying to kind of not distance myself from psychedelics but kind of like try and do more stuff sober hallucinating like meditation more and um and that sort of thing without you know, the, the aid of psychedelics. Um, but then the, the thing with that is you'd integrate it more into your sober life. So if I did like three weeks in darkness and was tripping nuts and then all of a sudden <laughs> I turned the lights on, like I'd want to know that the tripping would kind of stop and I wouldn't know. Yeah, so. No, it'd stop. You'd probably yeah. die from that, that <laughs> burst of light. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. No, I mean, yeah. just think about what we're talking about though. Like, yeah, we're talking, we, we we are talking about substances, but then right now we just diverted to potentially natural, you know, sources of this. And if you think about it, something is like sitting in darkness for a few weeks or whatever. You know, that could that could be replicate the same effects of yeah. a drug or you know. So yeah. it's weird to think about. So yeah, meditation. You know, if if you if you don't want to do anything, I don't blame you. It's these are intense, powerful tools and. Yeah. You know, some people are just not meant to do it. And also they do have some negative effects for certain people that are prone to schizophrenia and, you know, some, you know, different mental disorders. So it's not, it's it's definitely not something that you just play around with. That's for sure. No, it's to get to these places. I think it's just the techniques you want to use are the things that distance yourself from your like sensory experiences. Um, like I work at a sensory deprivation tank place and that's, you know, like nice. people going, yeah, it's a cool place. And the guys who go there, like we have some people go there every day and they are just operating on it like a different level. They go in and they, they, um, 
they have convulsions inside the tank when they start floating and they'll come out and they'll just, I don't know. They, they'll like see, they'll talk experience. to you. What do you had it? No, I was saying it's like a religious experience. for. Oh them. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they've integrated it and that's the thing. It's like they, they're doing it every day and you can see the way they process you when they look at you and they talk to you is just very different to the way we do it. And, um, I think they take us maybe less seriously or something. Um, but, um, have you noticed they, the positive effect or? I'm oh yeah. Sure. Like, um, uh, a lot of them started maybe cause they had anxiety or something like that. Uh -huh. And, um, that's, that's why they, you know, they're recommended to go to the tank to calm down their minds from overthinking and whatever. And, um, now that, you know, they just, they, there's nothing for them to overthink about. They've got this thing every day that they have, which is like a reset for them. It's like, go to this place. And I know for an hour, I'm just going to be disconnected from myself and, or, you know, from this thing that makes me stress. And I have that every day. Like the, like no matter what there is this escape, I'm not locked into this, this, this serious feelings and these serious like anxieties and stuff. But, you know, um, I think, yeah, you could probably get this, this, I don't know if it's DMT being released or if it's just, um, your mind disconnecting from your, um, yourself, one of the same thing again, maybe, but, um, you know, you got shamans and stuff who put themselves through intense pain and like start contorting their faces and things like that. And I think they do that because th those are things you just never put yourself through when you're in control of yourself when you, you your ego is doing what it wants um and so when you force yourself to like contort your face and put yourself through pain your mind just starts going to a different place it's like this isn't who we are um we are being you know our body's stimulating something else and then you're all of a sudden you shifted into this um what people call a higher state or this just different state of consciousness um it's interesting shit man and i, I <laughs> there's a for lot of sure, experiments sure. i want to do yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's the cool thing um, about our mind is you can almost never stop experimenting. I mean, you know, yeah. and there are certain, you know, just gaining more knowledge and reading books and doing that kind of stuff. Like there's so many things um, that I felt like when I started my own journey, like before we started this podcast and when I started, you know, reading and doing research and different things, um, I thought to myself, basically i've got the other end of it you know i've got the experience like taking some of these substances and you know always being interested in like metaphysical things and different stuff like that but i had never really um put in the time and the research so i started doing that and um that kind of propelled me to be interested in certain topics one of them being this um yeah. you know another near-death experiences and metaphysical stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's, uh, these are subjects that you can never stop talking about because, and I, you know, the interesting thing about that though, is a lot of people don't talk about these things. There are more people talking about them now. We have the internet, social media. So there's videos and your channel, which, you know, you do a great job of getting some of this information out there, but there's not, it's not a lot of main, I mean, if you pulled probably, you know, a thousand people in random parts of America, uh, most of them probably don't know what DMT is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, thanks to Joe Rogan as well. For, oh, uh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Massive spread of um, DMT, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but well, no, it's, um, 
I don't know. It's like a psychedelic revolution going on at the moment. I feel like maybe it's because I'm um, like a part of the people taking psychedelics that it feels like a bit more for me than most people. But um, I think it is like with, you know, technology evolving with psychedelics evolving. Um, I think it's, it's a shift in our consciousness. I think, um, uh, I think there is a big shift in our consciousness and it's, it's heading to something else, maybe distancing ourselves from our, um, animal based minds a little more, you know, taking this reality a little bit less, uh, seriously and, and, and getting, um, um, I don't know, like I think of it like the way that when someone takes DMT, um, their experience or the effects of their experience are actually pretty similar to someone who's going to be in VR for like a week. Um, I noticed that when I, cause I, I got VR recently and I'll, I'll stop playing that and <laughs> I'll be like, I'll still feel like I'm playing VR as soon as I'm out, you know, it's like, okay, move my arm forward, pick up this object. And it's like, it's, you can imagine 20 years from now, VR is going to be able to replicate. The, oh, we uh, could be in that right now. We could literally be yeah. avatars of some greater, you know, our greater selves or higher selves yeah. or whatever, you yeah. know. Exactly. So this technology is our, is stimulating our minds in the same way that psychedelics are. So even if you're not taking psychedelics, I think people's minds and their consciousness is still shifting towards a similar path. Um, and yeah, that's what, there's this revolution of consciousness that's going on right now. And um, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting to see where it's heading. I mean, it makes sense too. I mean, look, the first um, revolution, um, we, it was more like the hippie movement and it was political and there was yeah. a lot of different things going on. And I don't think people were looking at it from like a, they were talking about expanding their consciousness and they probably did. But now I think looking back, we have a higher or I guess a different perspective on what these things could be used for you know like we are looking at it in less of a let's do a bunch of drugs and go to music festivals and more let's do these drugs and record what's going on or do experiments and figure out why this is happening can these things help people you know do they have medicinal effects which now we know there is positive medicinal effects in certain things but i actually they just um the FDA just approved, uh, I don't know if you saw that, the ketamine nasal spray. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? I forget, yeah, I forget the name of it, but in, in I, I've seen stuff. I know on Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, there's an episode on ketamine, and one high dose of ketamine can cure somebody's depression, like just one dose. Oh, wow. And I don't know how, if that, that's across the board or if it's just some people. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are a little bit more resistant, but it just goes to show you, even if it helps one person, two people, 10 people, whatever, you know, it, it's been shown to do something, you know, and there's the placebo effect, obviously, too. But, um, you know, I, th I find that interesting as well. Mm -hmm. It makes you think about what these um, mental illnesses are, like, um, depression anxiety um because I, i'm guessing ketamine does it because it's a powerful disassociative so it just allows you to disconnect from all of those thoughts um uh, entirely and then um well having from having had severe ocd i can tell you you're absolutely right about the disassociative thing um sure. and i will also say that a lot of these, at least I guess from OCD, from my perspective, I can't tell what's going on in somebody else's brain. Maybe this will hit home with somebody, maybe it won't. But it seemed like my 
you know, and I still have it a little bit, but I use it for positive things like, uh, you know, constructive work things or stuff with the podcast, whatever. But when I, when I look back, it's more of like an ego driven thing. Like the, the OCD itself is very ego driven. It's like, I got to do I got to preserve myself somehow. And you get in this like negative mind loop and it just keeps going over and over and over again. It's almost like a, a record that, you know, you're watching it happen and you can't do anything about it. It's, it's like two different parts of your brain, one working against the other one. It's very, very unusual. Very interesting that actually, yeah, that, that would make sense. So like kind of a way to remind you that you exist sort of thing. Right. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I used to have OCD as well. Um, um, well, like where you have to just do certain things for some reason, otherwise you just can't right. feel right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird how and why we do that. Oh yeah, mine was a severe. I you know organizing, cleaning, washing my hands got to be organized. Always worried. You know, I was worried. You know about stupid things like getting the flu or getting sick. If you know, shake hands oh, right. with somebody, like stuff like that. So yeah, that was a more intense. It's like one you'd see on TV where these people are just like nuts out of their mind. I was like that for a little bit. Wow. And, um conventional medicine didn't help me i know it helps a lot of people and i know like cbd therapy and um all that stuff does does wonders for a lot of people but it just did not help me and i was resistant to that so i had to try other means which is trying some things that i had tried earlier in my youth and they definitely i mean maurice can attest this is i'm not even the same person i lived with him when i was going through that too for a little bit so he knows how bad it was um and uh yeah i mean i feel way better it's just i'm a completely different person but i I think it was a combination of learning and knowledge and just you know getting back into the world of okay how can i fix this let's be a positive person and less about um you know the the taking the xanax and just thinking that it's like some miracle pill you know like you have to do work if you want to get over anything whether it's physical or mental or whatever you got to put in the work if you are capable and in the right mind enough to do that that's the key right there to make yourself feel better it's not taking it's a band-aid over a bullet hole right right and even even they found you know some of these ssris and different things and we won't go into certain stuff but you know they have a little bit like there's this thing called the hamilton scale so like sleeping getting a good night's sleep eating healthy can move you like six points or something like that and like taking a xanax or a um ssri or whatever can only move you one point so like things that you do in your daily life that you have maybe bad habits would push you in a far better direction than taking that pill you know that you think is doing all the work so Mm -hmm. yeah i think um Obviously, this other medication. Like, I'm not one of those people who are against prescription medication, but I think they're probably. I'm not either, be- unless it's. No, been, I know you're not. You know, I just mean like the uniformity of it. Like, it's not all those things are going to work for everybody. You know. Yeah, yeah no, no I, I, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Don't worry. It's just. Um, um, are you, bro? Are- I'm getting the sense that you're not. <laughs> yeah, just my- that, there's a lot of guys in, uh, in the psychedelic community who are like um, uh, very anti-prescription and stuff like that, and I think. You know, as long as you're able to recognize that it's possible to be in a different mindset and then do the work to get back there on your own without the drug. Like sometimes if somebody's locked into a bad headspace with depression or something like that, and uh, that's all they've ever known, and then all of a sudden they, you know, take a Xanax or Valium or something like that, and then things are different. They're like, oh, wow, 
you know things can be different you know for yeah. me it was like the take the xanax or whatever it was they i took tried different combinations over a few years and none of it worked but yeah. a lot of them are like go to bed medicine so you take a xanax at night well guess what you're gonna go to bed pretty soon yeah. after that and you're gonna wake up and it's gonna start the whole cycle over again and yeah. what really happened during that so i think it can be used as a tool like anything else um yeah. if you are having a panic attack or something where you can't right. deal with it or can't control it i think that's where that comes in like that's beneficial there but then realize the next day you shouldn't just take it you yeah, know you need to do the work right 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 so yeah. i guess that's my outlook on it yeah it can be useful but how are you using it because i definitely think application matters and there's not enough um, support from the guys who are prescribing it to tell you how to use it. I remember in high school, I was going through a bit of anxiety and stress and um, went to see my GP and she was just like, yeah, I can prescribe you Valium if you want. I'm pretty sure they'll fix it. And I was yeah, like, yep. hand sure. it I had like no candy. idea. Yeah, yeah, literally. And I had no idea what Valium was. I was like, cool. Um, and I took it and it was way stronger than what I needed. Um, but, uh, you know, it felt good. I was like, okay, I'm like, I guess yeah. I can. Yeah, if it's been prescribed, I guess I meant to feel this good. And, yeah. um, you know, I started just taking it and, and uh, you know, eventually I stopped. Nothing had changed. As soon as I stopped, it was back to being exactly the way I was before. Um, and I think there, maybe the reason why psychedelics work differently is because they're not, they don't make you always feel good. You know, sometimes they do. Sometimes they, um, they teach you through positivity and things like that. Sometimes they make you confront something real. And um, that can be pretty uncomfortable. I had a bad mushroom trip where that happened. And um, after the if you're not in trip, a good headspace going into a mushroom trip, you are we're gonna go through whatever you were thinking about that was negative leading up man, to it. I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I've been kind of scared off of mushrooms since, but I was really grateful for the experience because I was having a this conflict with a friend which I just wasn't addressing. And um, decided to do the highest dose of mushrooms I'd done at that point. And um, then, yeah, like it was like, no, nah, um, it was funny the way it manifested itself as well. Because I was like, um, when the trip was coming on, I was like, I don't want to let go. I don't <laughs> want to let go. And that's just, that's a sure way to have a bad trip. And right. um, I've had it, it before where like you go in to, not to cut you off, but what you're yeah, saying, right. I had a similar experience. Um, but then what happened was going into it, um i thought these other kids like um we didn't like pick sides or teams it was i just felt like i wasn't connected to them and that even though we were friends in regular reality when we got into this other reality um i just thought that they were maybe not like talking shit but like um you know like me versus you kind of a thing i guess in a way um so yeah. i definitely have felt that before so that was probably my own issues with that person going into that experience if that makes sense you yeah. know so it depends on what it is if you just had somebody like in your family die or something along those lines yeah that's probably not the best time to do it because i'm sure it would yeah. be super emotional and terrifying at certain points but you know i always tell people always take it you know least expected but at a, at a time where there it's like on a whim like oh this is a, it's a beautiful day out wouldn't it be cool if we just did you know yeah like that yeah. kind of a thing um or from some like if it's medicinal you know i know some people take it medicinally too so it just depends but i think um what you were saying about that i, I think that 
that resonates because I mean, mushrooms are very like that. I think it's very attached to your emotional side of things compared to some of the other psychedelics. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, this everyone can use it differently. There's some crazy dudes I know who are like one guy was going through a breakup and he was like, okay, I need to take mushrooms because oh there's something God. I have to work through. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go five grams. I reckon. And just cause he works at the tank place. He was like, and I'll go for a float. Oh, I was shit. like, um, I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> tell me how you do. And um, he came out, you know, he came out the next day and he was like, yeah, there's a really, really intense trip. <laughs> That's all he had to say, but he seemed okay. Like, um, yeah. Um, he'd had, did he, he still talk like, about the girl? Yeah. Like, you know, there needs to be a lot of information. What if he just forgot about, about her? Like, what if he came out of it and was like, yeah, just never yeah. mentioned it again. <laughs> yeah, they have an I, answer to breakups. <laughs> breakup pill. Yeah, that'd be cool. Pill no, in um, tank. Yeah, in the tank. He was he was nuts, and I don't think it did him good either. Um, I think um, he may have been wanting the psychedelic to uh, to be like a temporary, like to be a quick fix. Yeah, and um, you know, he said he was ready to go through that pain and get some solutions, but then it's kind of like you're asking the psychedelics too much. I feel like then you're asking the psychedelics to do all the work for you. Right. And um, I think that kind of came out for him because he seemed probably worse off after having that experience. Um, but um, even That's though exactly what we were just talking about too, with the other, the, the um, conventional SSRIs and Xanax and all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing. It's you yeah. can't just take it. You have to put in the work too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like now, though, I mean, it seems like you are on the path that, you know, um, these things aren't as necessary to achieve these higher states, you know, like we were talking about meditation and stuff. And you said you've tapered off. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I haven't taken anything in a long time. And I'm not saying I won't. Maybe something comes up, but I don't ever plan on something like that. I've had enough of those experiences, and I do mean enough where i know exactly what's going to happen and um but i think that like i said you know you said you felt like distant earlier i don't was that on the the first one that we did or this one but you said you felt distant from not having done it in a while like distant from yep it's um psychic i like the places i'm going to through my meditation um they are and like I haven't been doing it consistently for a while. So like your experiences of meditation sound like they're far deeper than mine at the moment, but I'm even like, it seems like I'm going to a different place to where I go when I take psychedelics. Um, Like I'm learning similar stuff when I took DMT and it teaches me, like it taught me positive thinking in an insane new way, Um, which like, I love it for that. Um, And when I meditate now, I seem to get back into that um, same information and, uh, you know, why I need to, should be positive and all the rest of it. But um, I don't I, I think I probably have to stick with it for longer. Um, all these how techniques. long do you meditate for? Like how long a session? Well, like how- so I'll do it daily for about 15 minutes. And then once a week, I'm going for a float in the tank for an hour. Or so, all right, just try this. Just try Just my recommendation. Yeah, go for it. Okay. 
<laughs> you uh and and i don't i don't sit up right like with my legs crossed i've tried that yeah. it didn't really do anything for me um yeah. but I, I, the one that i find effective is just kind of the, like our like this ancient secret mixed with somebody you know our, our grandfather who passed away um his from his notes on his meditation and different stuff so it's like a combination of things but um you get clean or take a shower you're fasting in the morning you haven't eaten or anything mm. um you lay down if you need to take a little hit off something if you can get there on your own get there on your own mm. um and you either lay on like a couch or bed and just get in a relaxed state i turn on these frequencies um you know uh i don't know if you ever go on like youtube this like different hertz like 528 hertz or there's different uh uh things you can go on channels where it'll show um you know yeah. binaural beats i think they're called um yeah yeah but uh so i lay down i listen to those tracks and i get to that place now i do it for an hour i don't do it every day i do it like maybe once or twice a week but when i do it the, in the experience is very intense and i right. Right. you have like a certain level of like mindfulness going on so um yeah, but yeah. but uh yeah so in terms of so that that's how i get there now um, when you're I, in when you're in it um uh, what's your headspace like okay so it's it's like stages um and they're pretty consistent so initially when i start doing it um you know i'm just trying to clear my thoughts relax myself not trying to think about anything and just um you know you can't not think about anything because you know even thinking about nothing is still something but you do your best you know um and i close my eyes to the point where they're my eyelids barely closed over my whole eyeball but it is closed um so like you're focusing i that's what i use to focus you know like you're going to close your eyes anyways i use how how far to keep them closed and how much pressure to keep them closed as my focus um, yeah. And after a while, you even forget that you're doing that. So you're almost like training yourself while you're 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 experiencing this thing. So um, once I do that, I get into it, and then I see like these like spotlights move around a little bit, and then from there, I I don't know, man. I see weird shit. I mean, I could see. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not saying I, I I have done this or anything, but I guess I I don't know how it works, but. Um, after seeing this movie, Third Eye Spies, I mean, I could see how one could do remote viewing. I think that that is real, and I think it is possible if you trained your mind at uh, such, you know. Yeah, such. could you imagine if you put in 50,000 hours of pure meditation work, you know? What could you, could you yeah. accomplish with that? Right. So, I mean, that's just my experience with that, though. And, I, you know, who knows? I could just, it could just be my mind, you know, flooding with endogenous chemicals simulating what happens when you go to you know maybe my body thinks i'm going to dream soon or something you know i don't know i have no idea what's going on so but to me i've had enough weird synchronicity things in those experiences where i don't think that it is just a manifestation of my mind and if it was it would be more obvious it wouldn't be these subtle little breadcrumbs do you reckon like when we um meet entities or something like that that you're or seeing the reoccurring things um that it's like maybe your mind is getting tuned in like you're ch changing your mental chemistry something like that so you're tuning into something else in the universe like if you're an antenna or something possibly we've talked about that on here before too that you know consciousness 
um, could be everywhere and this our body's like a receiver or an antenna for it and yeah. you tune into a certain frequency and boom you're there and and maybe there's other things on other frequencies you know so um, yeah. we know that we are just energy particles that are vibrating at a certain rate that are um, it's weird to think about but we're all made up of these subatomic particles that are you know moving in a very specific way so um but yeah i do think i do think that these other things are external things at least to me i know i saw my deceased sister all grown up and she was a baby when she passed away so the fact that i saw her all grown up um in deep meditation i mean this was probably like 40 45 minutes in i thought this person was maybe like a greek goddess initially that's the appearance but then I thought about it later and I, I saw a picture of my deceased sister and it reminded me like, oh, that's who that was. And it, it wasn't like, oh, putting two things together. It, it was just like this epiphany that happened kind of. So yeah. it was weird. It was a very weird, weird thing. And I'm not like that. I'm not like, oh, you know, I don't talk like that. I mean, yeah, I you're think, rooted in science. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think things like that. And I think those things could be possibilities, but I'm not like one of these woo-woo people that just thinks everything's possible, you know? So. Yeah. Um, I do have somewhat of a, a governor on that, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man, what, what's your experience? Have you ever had something similar to a DMT, uh, experience in meditation where you maybe had an experience with an entity? Um, yeah, during a uh, float once I remember, um, feeling like I was getting in touch with the same entities, um, hard to remember though it's for me it's harder to remember the experiences during meditation when they get deep than when i'm on um when i'm on nothing than when i'm on something for some reason um um but yeah you know i try we have this other thing as well at my um at the center i work at called a ajna light you know the ajna light yeah 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 yeah. yeah. those are actually pretty expensive aren't they uh, possibly i don't know how much they paid for it but it is freaking yeah. dope man like <laughs> it is yeah so they're cool. led lights that have a certain pattern right and it, it supposedly induces a psychedelic trip is that what it... yeah. yeah we gotta and get it... john to make these things <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, it's 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 legit wicked i had this um guy come in like um at the center and um i think he just had a float and he was like this uh en- he was a real cool dude this engineer who would like um he was studying for ad aviation and like um, studying at a master's at the same time of running this like massive engineering business, like um, really like, you know, still pretty laid back guy, um, but wired into some stuff. And then I told him about the Arjun light and he was like, Oh yeah, I'll give that a go. <laughs> and um, I said, uh, I'll put it on for an hour. If you want to leave after 10 minutes, you know, whatever do so. And he was in there for the full hour and he came out and he was like, man, that was like an acid trip, bro. Like I was tripping nuts. Like <laughs> He was talking like that. And um, I was like, awesome. Um, some people though don't get that much out of it. But um, I found that, you know, if someone's resistant to the idea of going for a float or meditation, they can still get stuff out of the, um, um, out of the Arjuna light. Even if they're not getting like transferred transferring the consciousness they can still see like visuals and shit right so yeah give it a that's, go that's that cool. cool i thought you were actually going to say that they weren't they didn't see anything at all because i was gonna say that kind of makes sense like if you think about people like somebody that's doesn't believe in being hypnotized you know if they go to a hypnotist they'll probably be more resistant or it might not be as effective as if somebody was more open to it you know like suggestions a powerful thing man i'll tell you yeah. you suggest something yeah. and it gets in somebody's brain you know that manifests manifests into reality real quick so True. um but yeah that's that's 
that's cool. I, th- I want to yeah. definitely try one of those things out. Obviously, you're not taking if that can induce stuff that's already within you or you know endogenous chemicals or whatever. You know, obviously that's far more effective than making something or getting some weird stuff from somebody you don't know or you know whatever the case may be. So. I need to do some more research on it because it's it's a real cool device. Um, like the visuals come really easily because you know if you're like meditating or if you're in the tank and you're seeing something and then you think about that and you're like, oh shit, whoa, like I'm seeing something and that's real cool. Then it's probably going to disappear and you're just going to like return back to normal. Um, yeah. Whereas like I remember doing the Arjun light for the first time and and seeing shit but it, it wasn't like imagination it was more like just like closed-eyed visuals like just sure no, no matter how much i was thinking i just kept seeing them and um uh, i think with the arjun light if you stop thinking then those visuals can take you deeper like meditation or sensory deprivation tanks but have you guys had a float before no i'm my birthday I have. is coming up. I think I'm going to do it. I'm, <laughs> yeah. looking, at, I'm looking at some yeah. places right here. I was like, the tanks aren't cheap. Those things are like 30 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you buy one, bro? Why are you being such a pussy? <laughs> right in my office, man. <laughs> do you say you've done one, Michael? I'll move back back to Michigan if that I don't think I, I don't, No, Mike hasn't either. I don't think. I've uh, never done it. No, no. I, I would be oh, definitely open to it. I mean, I love. I used to sit, you know, during the summertime in the pool and just close my eyes and just float on the on the top of the the you know water same thing where you're almost like droning out everything and just i mean obviously there's people but you block that out when you're you know there Mm -hmm. try you know but uh yeah i I think being alone in a in darkness experiencing that's a trip that's for sure you know i would definitely try it's cool like um i think some people don't get too much out of it because like it's meant to be sensory deprivation but because it's such a new experience, like you're floating on water and there's so much salt that you're not sinking underneath. You're just being like lifted and right. um, it, it can actually activate your senses more than if you're just laying on the ground in darkness. But um, I don't know. It's I, I find it pretty cool. The guy who invented it, John C. Lilly. Um, oh, yeah. John, a, I know we know John C. Lilly. Yeah. yeah. Dolphin cool master. Guy. Yeah. We, um, yeah. we used <laughs> to be, uh, well, there's this, there's this band Fish. You know, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like a jam band. Um, and the lead so. singer guitarist Trey started a side project called Oysterhead, and one of their songs was called um, "Oz Is Ever Floating," and it's literally about floating in the deprivation tanks, taking um, uh, ketamine and you know all that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know John Lilly used to shoot ketamine up at like high high levels and would. Um, what was that thing you mentioned earlier? There's a something bureau, and he thought there was some sort of oh um bureau as well um yeah he said something i don't know if it was that but it was something along those lines where if you do enough of it there's like these aliens that like adjust like basically what you were saying before so that's kind of weird and back actually i am remembering something now you said okay so something you said earlier about these entities i had i sorry i just thought of this and this is way off topic it was something you brought up earlier but you just mentioned earlier um these things like weaving reality together or putting things together like two different, you know, this or this. One of our buddies we had on, um, Ryan, uh, we did an episode. He had a near-death experience, but it wasn't a traditional one where he was unconscious and saw the stuff. It was more that he almost died and then the good things that came out of it and the experience that he had. But um, 
you know, he's had experiences as well, but he said one of his um, nurses gave him a book and it was about something like um, uh, how these elves or something like weave reality together. It was just, I forget exactly what he said, but it, it was just weird that like you mentioned that and that's kind of what he mentioned too. So there's weird stuff going on. Like I said, I, I hear different, that's why I like listening to people's trip reports. Cause even though I don't really trip anymore, it's nice to kind of connect the dots doing research on things that I already kind of know about, you know, but yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, just, like, yeah. Some people know what, like they have consistent trips. One of the, like there are a lot of people on, um, on, um, um, commenting on my, on my video, the machine off one people, saying adjustment bureau they'd be like adjustment bureau adjustment bureau like it's coming up a lot um and i think a lot of these guys are like um, that's where i got it from um and you know realized immediately like yep that's exactly the experience and right. there's there's consistent places to go to like there's consistent hell realms consistent um heavenly realms and then there's like these similar entities like jesters like jesters comes up all the time right um mm -hmm. yeah and it's like i heard um, a take on that somebody wrote an article on some some psychedelic website recently where it was a hypothesis that the jester represent you know it goes back to like ancient times and what the jesters used to represent back then it's this like part of your subconscious that um yeah. like a joker that's playing a trick on you know so in the article ended with something along the lines of does it matter if it's real or not if it's helping you get to that place blah 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 yeah. um but i just i thought it was interesting that they took that route where it seems like people are hesitant to to tell it like it is and i'm not saying that person yeah. wasn't i'm just saying in terms of telling it like it is from the standpoint of the experience and then letting people perceive that the way it is as opposed to to like put it in a box and say this is what I think it is. You know, even if yeah. he had that experience personally, and that's what he believed it was, I can show you videos of people that thought that they literally were meeting aliens, you know? So it's, it's yeah. different things. Well, it's like, I never want to take a firm stance. Um, and like, maybe I should do that more. Um, but, um, you know, the jesters, I've heard people talk about it being an archetype, you know, of our subconscious. Yeah. Um, and I think I haven't experienced an adjuster before, but from the sound of things, it's a very different experience to meeting like these machine elves of the adjustment brewery where the elves seem to have more of like, um, they conflict with your notions of reality more than like meeting the jester. The jester is just kind of like, Oh, there's this, this part of my mind or there's this, there's this thing I'm meeting that's fucking with me. <laughs> Whereas, um, these elves are like, Oh yeah, this reality that you just came from, um, we're actually just doing this with it where there's tons more that we're connecting them to. And, you know, we're fucking like, it just head fucks you, um, in, in right. a strange way. And I had some, a friend of mine who'd taken ayahuasca who, um, said that they'd met similar entities. Um, and you know, language is limited. It's hard to know. Like if I share an experience with somebody, maybe they interpret it differently to how I mean, but, um, at least what he explained sounded very similar. He said that, um, He'd taken ayahuasca and then um, became one of these these entities and they were standing around in this room um, or something like that and they were looking at all these different realities. And then um, the entity that he was decided he picked one of the realities and he was like, yep, I want to enter this one. And then he entered it and as soon as he did, he just woke up back into being himself again. Um, <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, 
it's just the trippiest shit, man. Like, wow. this, the, like this stuff is the biggest head fuck. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I like where it's headed, though. I like what you're doing with the float tank stuff, and I like uh, the Aja light, all that okay. stuff. I, that, that's all. I mean, because look, um, there's going to be an evolution of this stuff, just like, you know, like obviously it's new to most people. Most people don't even know what DMT is to begin with, but then there's already people that have been so aware of it that it's like, okay, what's the next step or what's the next level? Like, and maybe there's, there's not, maybe there will never be, you know, I think about that sometimes too. Like as much as we're learning, it seems like I have more questions now than I had before I started this journey of, you know, truth and knowledge and different stuff. So, um, I don't know. I guess no, same say. man. It's it's a hydra. You cut one head off and then two grow in yeah. place. It's it's constantly going. Um, but you know, I think what I learn is very helpful, and um, I think about what where I was at before I ever tripped, and like I am so grateful for coming into contact with psychedelics. It um, can get pretty chaotic, um, especially when you're doing it a lot, um, and. Um, I know when I did psychedelics, I didn't have like much in my life that I was really invested in. So psychedelics became the first thing that was like, wow, like this is awesome. And I just became all for it. So the more I could trip, the better. And, um, you know, that's not how I'd use psychedelics now. That's not how I'd recommend people to use psychedelics. But um, at the time, because um, it, it was definitely chaotic, but I came out of it and um, the the stuff I've learned and applied I don't know. It just, um, it's so helpful, man. It doesn't matter if there's more questions to ask. I'm, I'm excited to get the answers because the answers yeah. I've got so far have been pretty wicked. <laughs> oh, I'm committed, bro. All right. I've already, yeah. thrown, my hat. I've already thrown my hat in the ring. Okay. Yeah. I, even if there is, even if there is no answer to the end of this journey, I'm, I'm still on it. I don't care. I told him, you know, here's the way my philosophy on life has been recently, which is, um, I want to believe in things and I'm, I'm going to, and, uh, but I will do the research and look into things properly and obviously yeah, deduct what I'm going to deduct. However, you know, believing in nothing, I don't see any value in that. Even if, it, even if there is nothing and I'm open to that idea too, that there is only this physical world and we are trapped in it. There is no life after death. And, you know, if, if that is the case, I'm fine with that too. I already made my peace with that. However, I would rather live my life the other way with some sort of like romantic ideas and hope. And, you know, I just feel like there's a, there's a, a better quality of life there, at least for me. And I know everybody's different. What, what are the romantic ideas you have? Oh, just like some of these fringe things. you know, like, is there a God? What could the God be? You know, sure. it could, it could be somebody that created us in a simulation. He could be pure white light energy he could be you know it could be anything i'm not i don't necessarily i don't i definitely don't think it's a bearded zeus looking guy in the sky that's that's yeah, what yeah. i that's what that's yeah. what i don't believe but um i'm open to to you know other ideas but just stuff like that like is there a god you know like just the basic questions what are we what you know like the fact that we're here right now having this conversation talking about this weird thing that's in our bodies that we can't explain um, don't understand it the effects that it has on us like those types of things like that's what drives me now is that um i feel like there are people that are meant to like look into these matters and that's just what my role is in that and yeah. i think right now you see this movement of a lot of people doing that there's a lot of podcasts there's a lot of people that want answers to things and th there's also you know a, a timeline that we were given going through school which was an objective timeline about who was writing the books at the time and i'm not saying like look history let's just say 80 percent of it's correct based on what we know 
that still leaves 20% of like some major shit, shit timeline wise, you know, like how old truly was ancient Sumeria, how old truly did, you know, ancient Egypt, yeah. like how, you know, like the precursors to those civilizations, you know, stuff like that, like go back Lee Tepe's 12,000 years, yeah. like yeah. all that stuff, you know? Um, but, uh, so that's what drives me. But I think that you're on the right track. You're a lot younger. What are you like? 25, 22, 22. Shit, man. You're way younger than I thought you were. You're, you're super mature for your age. And I think that, you know, using the psychedelics the way you have and looking into the subject matter that you have has probably brought you to this point where you have a better outlook on the world than most 35 year olds. Yeah. I know that, um, like there's so many different truths that you can like adopt to face reality. And, um, you know, I was like a nihilist basically at one point and it just didn't do much. Like what, life is like oh civilization is like people battling with different concepts and notions of what reality is and then whoever triumphs that be, kind of comes the new truth like yeah. so often that's the case and it's like nihilism ain't gonna triumph i'll tell you that because oh. it's 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 not practical it needs to be um practical for it to be um i, I don't know to be a prevailing truth nihilism is just a self-destructive notion i find uh most of the time uh -oh. probably not in <laughs> uh -oh. so, they you know, don't like, like you me... talking about that <laughs> <laughs> um, here we go like, again <laughs> me, part three what, what i like to use psychedelics for is um to try and share a more positive uh, outlook and because i think positive outlooks is a very um practical one as well um and like i just know it, it works for me if it's if it's if it works there must be an aspect of it that's true anyway um so that's kind of what i'm using psychedelics for anyhow look positivity breeds more positivity and if yeah. you do, i mean look when i go to like my office or i'm in business or something so whoever's the the most positive or upbeat you can see that you can pick that person out of the room you want to be around that person they're like an attractor like oh you see somebody with a little bounce in their step hey what's going on you know that person is like excited <laughs> sure. to be alive you know so like yeah. you can pick up on that sort of thing so yeah. i think that um you're right and i think that being having a positive mindset for whatever whether you have mental illness or um some of these things might be very hard um yeah to yeah. do for sure like i look when i was in my deepest depths of despair and ocd you would if you talking to me like that i wouldn't have heard what you had to say you know but that yeah, just you showed you're ever gonna get better that just know? but my consciousness wasn't in the same place so i would i would not have been so like this whole thing about like going through life and learning and finding your own way is true because as much as we want to shake people and get them on the same page and this is what i know and you know it'll help you like that person's going to have to find that out on their own. You know, that's just exactly parents do the best they can. Most of them, yeah. hopefully they're, you know, but at the end of the day, it's up to that person to, you know, write their own destiny. Basically. Well, yeah, your parents instill this, their ideas into you. So you got to venture yeah. out at one point, you know, and you're not going to like, Oh, 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 you said something bad. <laughs> uh, Shut them right off. All right. Well, that was a good run. Well, we'll call that we'll call that a night, but uh we'll catch you guys next time on Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. And we will definitely, definitely have Jack back on in the future. So yeah, peace. That was awesome. Cheers.